Conversations and Meditations. With Justin Martin. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Conversations and Meditations. Uh, today I've got our special guest, Melissa Quiney. Um, Melissa has been uh, volunteering and been in and around Riverdale for uh, over 12 months now, some time. Yeah. Uh, and in particular, you've been getting um, really active with the Wednesday evening groups. Um, helping out Amy and um, Crystal Lee and, and guests. Um, so welcome today, Melissa. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a real pleasure. No problem at all. Yeah, so Melissa, I thought it would be a great opportunity to bring you in so anybody who hasn't spoken to you lately or, or maybe has never been introduced to you gets a bit of an opportunity to understand who you are, um, what's bringing you to Riverdale and the, the, the gifts that you're offering um, here as well. Uh, and just as a, as a way of them sort of before they've met you, to feel a sense of, oh, I think I know her, she seems cool. I'll, I'll um, maybe drop in on a Wednesday or some of the other services that you're offering might also be an opportunity for them too. Yeah. No, it's great. I love um, the community here. That's what I I love. What drew me to Riverdale was the community uh-huh. and how much you guys focus on that and building that. Yeah, it's it's increasingly something that's coming to the fore um, we've, we've been, as, as an organisation, well before I arrived, sort of searching for the next iteration of, of what Riverdale is and, and who is it for and how is that going to be um, shared into the world. And increasingly, it's always been a focus, but the, the idea of community is, is just kind of like, is, is irresistible. You know, yes. it's like that, that seems to be what is most needed in today where so many people are, you know, isolating themselves unintentionally more often than not with phones and, and just lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but having the opportunity to be with people mm-hmm. isn't isn't available to everyone. Yeah. So it's and I also think for the past couple of years with everything that has gone on, that community is m- more important now because of how isolated we have been over the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. And that people need that. Yeah, yeah. So tell me a little bit about the first time you came to Riverdale, if that's a, a reasonable place to start. Yeah, I came out to a Wednesday night with Amy and Luke, and I think there was only four people. Yep. Um, I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, and it was beautiful, and I just – the energy and the vibe out here – just drew me here so I decided well Amy asked me to be a facilitator for the Wednesday night Uh and I was really nervous but I thought why not and yeah I haven't stopped I love it yeah beautiful and the the classes are getting bigger and more people are coming out and yeah I feel like we're making a really big impact which is beautiful what I've observed it's it's really inspiring to me to see a group of people and, and you can just see the warmth as soon as everybody comes into the room, and some people I'm sure don't even know anyone, but it feels like a very welcoming space. Yeah. And yeah, I saw so many people who, I don't know what their previous his- historic connection was, giving each other a hug, just stoked to see each other. Uh, and it really did feel like a, yeah, almost like a family reunion, you know, it's yeah. just like everyone seems so familiar. And, and I think there's something about going through, in inverted commas, difficult challenges, you know, like, some of the breathwork activities can be quite challenging. Some of the definitely ice baths for most people is considered challenging. And there's something unifying and bonding about a shared experience, which is difficult. So yeah. Well, I um, 
I done a inner child meditation with with the group, and uh, it was confronting for some. Yeah. But it was also so beautiful because we had the sharing circle at the end, and being in that vulnerability with strangers or people you know, that's what brings us all together. Yeah. And I encouraged everybody to do an active witness or active listening. So they just were quiet Mm -hmm. and heard each other. And it was beautiful. Yeah. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it's a super powerful gift to give someone to just listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that... One of my favourite stories of of the time I've had at Riverdale was a lady came... Um, just out of the blue, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't recall her name. She came, she was hoping to get a tour of the space. I think it was the only time I ever met her, which is probably why I don't remember her, her name. Showed her around the space. And prior to that, though, I'd been explaining to her how some of the most profound moments I've had at Riverdale haven't been through my own divine you know, intuition or uh, intelligence, but by being a witness to other people's unfolding. Anyway, we sort of went for a walk and we got down into the Dell and that gave pause to the conversation and she started to speak about her, her life experience as it was at the time and there was a lot of personal details that I won't go into now. But I wasn't asking for any of this information, it just was free-flowing for her and I recognised that it was an opportunity for me to, to be that active witness, to just, just hold the space. There was no need for me to say anything. I didn't know anything about her situation, so what could I really offer her anyway? So I just held the space. And um, it was very fascinating to watch how she was posing questions to herself, really, framing them as if they were to me, and then coming up with the answers. Yes. Yeah, so she's like, maybe I should X, Y, Z. And then she's, she'd pause for a moment and be like, you know what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. And at the end of the, the interaction, I'll call it an interaction, although it was a very... You know, it wasn't a one-way experience, but it was It was all coming from her. At the end of it, she's like, thank you so much, Justin. Like, this is ma- you've made it so much clearer for me. And I had to pause. I was like, well, I just want to point out that you did that entirely yourself. <laughs> I literally was just silent and gave you an opportunity to be heard, maybe to hear yourself even. And it was, she found it very potent and profound. And it's, it's been a... A great learning because my tendency is, as everyone's discovering now, I like to talk. <laughs> uh, it <laughs> is nothing wrong with that, though. But yes, it's um, so important. We, ha- we have everything we need inside us. Yep. It's just um, finding those tools to bring them to the surface. Sure. And having, like you experienced, having that moment with someone where you can just talk through what's going on in your head, you actually come to the to the questions that you were searching for yep. anyway because yeah. you're just having that space that is held and by someone who is not judging you by what you're saying or your experiences and it helps you lead to the questions that you're looking for. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's it. really hard to do that for someone because we've been so conditioned, you know, to speak and and we are all so relatable and we want to say, oh, I've been through that and this is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to restrain yourself from talking when someone is expressing what they have been through. But it is a beautiful practice to do. Yeah, for sure, especially if there's an intention set for that, where yeah. that is the expectation. Because it can feel awkward if 
if that groundwork isn't laid out yes. and you're sharing with someone and you're getting nothing back. <laughs> that, sometimes would, you, that would be awkward. Yeah, you'd be like, Mel, are you here with me, sister? What's yes. going on? <laughs> yes. No, you need to frame it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But when it is framed, it's super yes. potent. Yeah. Um, oh, and sometimes it's organic as well. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it is inappropriate always. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, you came to Riverdale through uh, your connection with Luke and Amy. Yes. Yeah. Had you heard of Riverdale prior to that? I Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Amy and Luke just said, come out and try it. They knew that I was, you know, um, I was doing a lot of meditations prior in my business and they weren't needing facilitators. And I yeah. thought, okay, I'll give it a try. Yeah, brilliant. And nice. I just love it. Yeah. What was your connection to them? How, how did you first meet, meet Amy I met Luke? them through a whole bunch of spiritual girls. So, mm -hmm. um, Is that how you also um, know Crystal Lee? Yeah. So yeah. it's all been organic of meeting each other. Um, but it's like everybody knew everybody. It was really strange. But mm -hmm. it's it's been beautiful getting to know because there's a big bunch of us spiritual girls that are all connected. Yeah. The sisterhood. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So... If you wouldn't mind, I mean, totally up to yourself. Typically, the, the, the format that I've been going for with these podcasts has been the first interview I do with people is, is a little bit more personal as to your personal story, uh, just so people get a sense of who you are and your journey up to this point, and, and maybe also tip into your aspirations for the future. Would you be prepared to share a little bit about your story? Like I say, I understand you may not want to share all of it, and um, it's certainly not an interrogation, but just whatever you feel yeah, comfortable absolutely. sharing. absolutely. So where, whereabouts did you grow up? Well, Elizabeth. Uh-huh. And then I moved to uh, Redwood Park when I was young. My mum still lives in that home, so yeah. that's where I grew up, but I've got... Um, How about school? Where where'd you go to school? Teacher Gully Primary School, out that way. It's a good school. Yeah, it, it was a really good school. Mm. Um, a small school, but it was good. And then I went to Banksia Park... High school. No, I was a good student. <laughs> you were? Yeah, you had a good experience at school? Yeah, I did. I Yeah, I did. But I struggled academically. Uh -huh. I think because I'm so creative that I struggle in that environment of just sitting and learning. I'm very hands-on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And th that's probably what led, as I understand, to your um, uh, personal trainer, phys yes. physical, physicality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that definitely. Makes sense. Yeah. So, so from school, where, where'd you go from school? I moved to Darwin oh, for four cool. years yeah. at the age of 18. First time moving out of the house, yep. out of my parents' house, I moved to Darwin for four years. What drew you there? Um, well, my partner at the time, he was in the military. Okay. So I moved yep. there. That was nice there, but there was um, a lot of... <laughs> in Living in Darwin, it's really like just so carefree and... That's what I yeah, hear. Yeah. So, but that was good. Just finding that independence at such a young age. Um, having all the responsibilities of paying, you know, rent and all the bills. But, yeah, I've encouraged my children not to move out of home yeah. so early because <laughs> it was a lot. Um, would you go back to Darwin? I loved to Darwin. Darwin. Yeah, well, loved why would you, why'd you leave there? Oh, I just miss my family too much. Yeah. Came back to Adelaide, but I loved the lifestyle of Darwin, mm -hmm. how it was just so carefree and slow and the people were so kind. For sure. I've never made it that far north, actually, in Australia. Really? I've been around the world, but I've, I've never made it that far north in Australia. And I 
that's what I hear is like, you know, formal wear is you put your thongs on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, I kind of like that vibe. That sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'd like to get up there even just for a holiday. How was your experience of the, is it called the wet? Yeah, the wet season, the dry the season. season. Yeah. I was fine. I ended up getting so acclimatised to it that I was wearing Ugg boots and jumpers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at one point. Um, but I, I like the tropical weather. Yeah, hmm. it was really good. Have you been back for holidays? No, I haven't. Oh, come on. But I, I, I know it will be completely different. Like it's um, become very commercialised up there and a lot of houses being built. Yeah, so it was beautiful going out to all the Litchfield Park. Have you? No, oh, it's so beautiful. What is all it? All the like the waterfalls and the natural springs. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. No, I've never been there. Yeah, that's around Darwin. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. As far as I've got up is Alice Springs. I've been to Brisbane, but that was just for a concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Epic concert, man. So. <laughs> Radiohead. Holla. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, cool. Nice. So then yeah. you, you went from there back to to back Adelaide. To Adelaide. Yeah. Had some kids um, and then, yeah, started the whole family life. How many, how many children have you got? I have three, yeah. Um, they're beautiful. They very much teach you things that you need to learn about yourself. Amen, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Test your patience, but yeah. no, nah, they're beautiful. And they, I don't know, my experience of having kids is I, I thought I understood unconditional love mm. until I had children and then it's it like cracks your heart open in a way that no other experience had and it seems to be enduring yes. <laughs> even as they, even as they as they grind me into yeah. the ground <laughs> i can't help but love them with yep. all of my being and i do like to think that there is an aspect of that that over time if you intentionally do so you can transfer over to others as well it's yep. like you, you, once you've got a taste for what that can be and that that potential has been revealed that you can kind of like, it's unlimited how much yes. love to people you can give. Yeah, yeah, it is beautiful. Mm. Yeah, so they, they keep me busy. I love watching them grow and evolve and change and learn. Like everything that I've learned personal development-wise and spiritual-wise, I teach them. Uh, so I feel like I've really empowered them in their life so far and they use the tools. How do you get them to pay attention to you? It, particularly when it's when, when you're talking about like for, for my kids I think because they've kind of grown up with most of their lives or at least half of their lives I've worked at Riverdale Spiritual Centre so it's kind of you know it's in and around our family like you know spiritual practice and different techniques that I've learned over the years that can assist me with my daily living but to them as soon as dad starts mentioning it it's just like cringe <laughs> ultimate cringe fest yeah. and I don't know how many times I've said hey guys you know what we could do like they'll say oh I'm so bored I go oh cool why don't we meditate for 20 minutes like, yeah no dad Bird, you're <laughs> such a dork um how do you get them to pay attention to you <laughs> well I try and do it in um like for instance I'll give an example we had an art session where the kids were feeling a bit um, down on themselves. This is when they were quite young. Yeah. And I got them to draw themselves as superheroes. Oh, cool. And how they saw themselves. And then we wrote down like empowering words around it, like brave, yeah. I'm strong. And we put them up in their bedroom. So it was a visual thing that they saw all the time. Um, so that was one thing that I'd done with them. And the other thing is that I would um, like when they had worries, I would get them to put it, their worries in a backpack mm, cool. visually 
and then we would throw the backpack away. So stuff like that is what yes. I would do. So it's less direct than yes. let's sit and meditate. Yes. Yes. Come on, guys, on, yeah. <laughs> on with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, my six-year-old, I've taught her how to um, connect to her breath. So when she gets, uh, like the other day, she had um, she was unwell and she was vomiting. And she was connecting into her breath each time after she had vomited just to calm down her nervous system. And mm-hmm. she's six. Yep. Um, so that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and she pretends to do Reiki on me too in her own little way. Maybe she's not pretending. No, exactly. <laughs> we all are healers. Uh, so, yeah, it's I just expose them to what I'm doing. Education through osmosis almost. It's yes. Like, yeah, be around it. That's probably what I should try is less direct. <laughs> I'm, I'm confident that they have picked up stuff that oh. they – aren't even consciously aware of yeah. yet maybe and even if they were they probably wouldn't give me the satisfaction of admitting it. that's right <laughs> like, whatever dad <laughs> yeah. uh, it's completely useless but yes it's interesting to hear how others approach their children with that intention to kind of empower them yeah yeah we used to, well also um at one point they had a gratitude journal mm-hmm. where they would just write things that they were grateful for and um my eldest daughter she went through this phase. It was so beautiful. But she went through this phase of at every dinner we would have to pause before we ate and she would go around and get us to say what we were grateful for. Oh, adorable. <laughs> <laughs> She's grown out of that now. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, just, um, yeah, it was really beautiful to witness that she would do that. Yeah, I, actually, that is very beautiful. It's so sweet when kids just, uh, when we had our community session down there i think it was one of um, amy's children actually when we had a gratitude circle and they they were the most eloquently grateful little people and they were not that little you know the young adults i suppose but it was so heartwarming to see people so generously offering gratitude to their parents and to the whole group and to the whole opportunity and to the space and everything it was like wow there's there's a lot of hope. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's great. The re- Well, the reason why I was so focused on that, especially my older two, is because we lost some family members close to us. So they were going through wow. a really tough time. Yeah. Um, so I lost my dad seven years ago and three years prior to that I lost my brother. Wow. So, and my dad was like a father figure to my oldest two kids. So when he passed, they just couldn't handle it. And so that's why I done all of those things for them uh, to help them not, well, they never get over it, but just to help them cope with it and to help them understand these big emotions that they had. So that was my driving force around that. Yeah. How, How had you come to acquire those skills? Well, prior to my dad and my brother passing away, well, I, I was in a marriage that was very toxic yeah. and I had to keep myself and my children safe. So I went through a lot of really dark times and I had this fire in my belly that the circumstances that I was in wasn't going to define me and my kids. Mm-hmm. So I'd done a lot of personal development, which then led me spiritual development. But yeah, just I just wanted to learn how to better myself, how to better the situation, how to better our life with what we were dealt with at that time. So, Were those concepts introduced to you by individuals or how did, you know, like sometimes when you're in a circumstance or a situation, you can't see, you can't see the forest for the trees, but obviously, thankfully, you, you were able to see 
a, a new path or a new opportunity, but so many people can't. Yeah. What What was it for you that sparked a change in intention? Or well, it was just learning. Like I said to you the other day, how I love to learn about humans and why we do what we do. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to learn. Like, why am I attracting these type of people? Why, you know, am I having this reaction? And um, how can I change my life? So it wasn't necessarily someone that came to me. It was just me having that drive to better myself and my life. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, la- well, not lucky. Obviously, you had to work for that. But yeah, it was hard, but... But, so, yeah, so, so many people don't. Mm. don't see an, an alternative so yeah thank goodness yeah mm. yeah well i'm i'm really grateful for the hard times mm. because it made me push and learn and to better myself and i know that i'm in this field of work because i've been through some really heavy traumas then to be able to relate to so many different people and to help them and f- to give them hope that if i can do it you can do it too yeah that's, I think that's something that I know it's almost become cliche now to say, you know, like um, authenticity because, you know, most people hopefully are trying to be authentic. Or maybe you can't try to be authentic. You either are you yeah. or aren't, I suppose. <laughs> if you're trying too hard, you're probably not being authentic. <laughs> but but there is something about having the courage to to share your life experience to some degree, you know, to whatever's at an appropriate level, but to let other people know that might be in that same circumstance to go, oh, shit, you've been through that and, and you seem to be aspirational to me. It's like I would like to be where you are now. Yeah. It does definitely give people hope. Yeah. I, I assume that's a little bit of like the the Wednesday evening thing is, you know, it's an, it's an open invitation. It's, it's available to the public at a very, very cheap price, you know, almost free if you can't afford a donation. It's not a big deal. Um, and we don't know who's going to turn up and we don't know their stories, but hopefully they can come and see an alternative if, if they are you know, stuck in a space. Mm. And it might be a last, last effort of like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to try this. So, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. thing to be offering. Well, a lot of the times what we're going through, others are going through it too. So I have found that in the sharing circle that someone would express what they're going through and someone else can relate to that and that is Mm. powerful in itself just to know that you're not alone and that someone else is going through a similar thing that what you're going through Mm. you know and it kind of gives you hope yeah absolutely Mm. Mm, that's so beautiful you've you've come to this point now i suppose where you're feeling empowered and you've 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 built this skill set what are you working on currently like i well, I just got attuned to my Reiki Masters last yep. night. Would you mind telling me, I have to um, admit ignorance. I've, um, I know I've worked here for a long time. I have met many people who have, have been passionate about Reiki. I still really don't know much about it. Again, maybe there's others listening who are also like, yeah. hey, I'm relating. <laughs> He's sharing and I'm relating. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about Reiki as you understand it and, and what that attunement process was sure i have no idea so reiki is a um ancient japanese medicine tradition um and it's about life force energy in our body like we are all energetic beings and how i describe energy to someone because i get that question asked often yeah what do you mean yeah Yeah. (laughs) so if you walk into a room or you meet someone and you're like 
oh, there's something that I'm not sure about that person. Mm-hmm. That's energy. Or you could meet someone and you can go, oh, my God, I really like them. Like I don't know what I like about them, but I just like them and I want to be around them. That's energy. Sometimes I've had that and I haven't even met them yet. <laughs> yeah. There was some energetic pull there. Yeah, so yeah. that's energy. So um, with Reiki, so we work with energy and your, and your chakra systems, which is your energy body through the centre of your, your human being. Um, and we just, with Reiki and their symbols that we get attuned to, we can shift some energy for the person and it is quite profound yeah it's a, it's a really beautiful modality to use for someone um so i i was attuned to my reiki masters last night which has mean that i've been given extra symbols to use in my healing so i'll be able to take my healings to the next level um yeah can you talk me through the actual process like yeah how do you use the symbols yeah so I prefer to put my hands on a person's body. So if it is like your crown chakra, Mm -hmm. I put my hands on your crown chakra. And then if I need to put a symbol into your crown chakra, I draw it in the air. And then like I envision it going into your body and I have to say the symbol's name three times and and that energy goes into the body. And we have intention for that healing, that space of your body and shifting the energy. And then we we can work with your chakras to feel if your chakras are blocked, if they're spinning fast or slow. Yeah. So you get a sense of that. Yes. Through touch or non-touch. Through energy. So you put your hands over the body. You can feel. um, I speak to my spirit guides and I ask my spirit guides to help me with this person and what they need to heal. I also ask their spirit guides to come in with me Mm. and to help guide. I've I've had moments where I've had. A, um, a spirit of the person who, like the person who has passed away, come in and help heal the person with me. Oh, wow. Which is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, and that's how that works. And I just. Can you tell me a little bit how you came to be acquainted with your spirit guides? What was the. F- yeah, I can. What is it's that a, process? Yeah. Like, how, how did that come to be? So I have always been quite spiritual. But when it really amped up for me was when my brother died. Yeah. So when my brother died, it was at a time in my life where we weren't safe and we weren't safe in the place that we were in. And he would come and visit me in my dreams maybe once a week and he would just sit with me and talk to me and tell me about what to do next to keep me and the kids safe. And it went on for quite some time and I told my dad and he was like blown away because it was quite profound what he was telling me. And dad said to me, oh, if I ever pass, I'll come and come and see you. And yeah. it was like a, a joking thing. And then he passed away three years after yeah. and he came to me in my dream with my brother. Wow. And he told me how he passed. Like he died of a cardiac arrest at work, but we didn't know like the arteries, like all of those details. And dad told me in my dream that, two of his arteries were 80% blocked and we got the coroner's report back and it was two wow. of his arteries were 80% blocked. And so my brother and my dad were together. So that's how it started my real connection to spirit. And I've had a, a lot of things like that happen. Has that Does that impact your, like, okay, maybe a better question is, well, before you'd had that experience, what did you think happened when someone died? I knew that there's more to than this 
I've always known that. Mm. But it's just solidified it for me that this is not the end of our life. Like we go on beyond here. Yeah. Do you have any inkling of where where they are, you know? In t- well, I mean, I, are they are everywhere? Or? They're everywhere. Yeah. They're, they're like energy, but they're not yeah. in a human form like us. They're just energy around us and they are always around us. Yeah. And if you like tune into it, you can feel energy. Like how I said to you before, how you actually explained to me that you had this energy with Amy and Luke before even meeting them, Yep. right? That's energy, like that could be a spirit energy around you, but you can't see them, but you can feel them, yeah. Mm. Does that give you like in your daily living confidence or reassurance, I suppose, if you always believed that there was some after experience, I don't want to call it after life, because it sounds, Life, the term life kind of suggests that there's going to be death, you know, because you can't have one without the other, it would, have, would appear, but the after experience or whatever we want to call that, does that give you more courage to live boldly, perhaps? Yeah, and, to- I, and I live life so, um, like life could be, is precious, mm-hmm. so precious. And, you know, to tell those that you love that you love them, to... Mm-hmm. Do the things, and I and and I guess that's why I'm so passionate about me doing things and achieving things and not giving up on my dreams because we only have this one life, this in this human form, that you know I want to achieve that all of that. So you don't you don't think that there's uh, I guess we can't we never know and that's why it's fun to think about for me anyway. The the idea of reincarnation is obviously pretty popular around the world. I wonder how much of it is choice, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe your father and your, your brother at this moment in time are, feel like they're best serving you in that form. Mm-hmm. But in later, you know, later parts of, of the, the future, they might decide, you know what, that we've served that purpose. Now let's, yes. let's come back and yeah. try it again or yeah. do this. There is a, interesting to think about it anyway. It's so <laughs> fascinating. Like you can go right down into a rabbit hole, but... There is a term that has been talked about recently that which has got me fascinated that our soul has been can be split and is in multiple things and multiple spaces. Um, I need to learn more about that, but yeah. it is really fascinating to to know that our human being this is not just who we are, like our soul and everything it's yeah, there's a bigger picture here, yeah, I do believe that we came here and we signed a contract. And to um, be who it like, I feel that I'm so aligned with what I'm doing right now. And I think that's my sole purpose here is to help others. I believe that we all have signed a contract to come here and to do what we need to do mm-hmm. and fulfill that. So I'm guessing that we signed that with like God. Source, whoever, whoever yep. you believe. Yeah. I, I tend to think that this is just my own thoughts and I know they're not uniquely my thoughts I'm sure many many people have had these thoughts I tend to think that even beyond the beyond the soul is the one the the one the creator whatever we want to term that as being but that ultimately that's what even souls are they're like souls are an expression of the one mm-hmm. and this is a human expression of the one this light you, you know on and on and on and on because I I, I I imagine that if if we have a universe let I'll swap the word God for universe because a lot of people find that easier to 
to imagine, even though it's unimaginable. <laughs> it's infinite, probably. But if we have a universe and there's nothing that we know of outside of that universe, then everything is the universe. So it's like if, if, if everything is God, then we are God expressing itself and souls are God expressing itself. And I wonder if at any point it all kind of merges back into one and then gets spat back out yeah. as these infinite potentials and possibilities. Um, I don't know. I don't know, I know what to do about that. I just think it's a cool <laughs> thing to think about. It is. It's, it is um, amazing and fascinating mm. to think like that. Yeah. Well that's, well, that's why I love that. I know, again, it's becoming cliche in our Western culture, but that's why I love Namaste, just the, the intention behind that. The spirit in me sees the spirit in you, you know, that in its simplest form. But that idea of recognising that behind all of the illusion of separateness, there is the one and we are all that one. And by serving you, I'm serving me and I'm serving the one. You yep. know, That's why I love the Wednesday night here. Yeah. Because we are one in that moment, you know. Yes. <laughs> I, th I think actually next I think next Wednesday myself and Crystal Lee are going to yes. do something. I heard that. I don't know what yet. <laughs> Make up something cool. Um, maybe some laughing yoga might That'd be, be fun. amazing. Just for 10 minutes of yeah. laughter. Everyone needs some of that. Yeah. Hmm, who knows? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we come up with. Um, very cool. Well, that went deep pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like I like deep conversations. <laughs> for sure. Me too. That's why I started working at Riverdale. I was, I was hoping for more of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So you, you've got the Wednesday night. I know you've also been offering – well, maybe it'd be best if you tell me rather yeah. than what I think I know. Yeah. Uh, you've also been hiring the space in the attunement room. Yes. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that venture and, and what yeah. it is you're offering um, yeah. when you're there? Okay. So, um, yeah, I – offer healings um, out of the interim room now and that's where I do my practices of Reiki. I do readings as well. Um, I do a little bit of NLP and timeline therapy. Do you know much about that? I do know a little bit about NLP but yeah. less about timeline therapy and I would love for you to yeah. tell timeline, us about that. <laughs> timeline therapy is next level. So it's talking to your subconscious mind around limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. and certain emotions. So say if a client came to me and they wanted to shift some anger, I would get them into a meditated state and I would talk to their subconscious mind to take them along a timeline of when the event happened uh, and I get them to go to the event but they don't ever go into the event mm -hmm. to feel the emotions because we don't want to re-traumatise yep. a client. And then we learn the lessons that they need to learn from that event and we reframe them in a more empowering way. So when they go back to the event, they go back more as an observer yes. of it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then that's – and it's incredible how that shifts because you're learning the lessons that you need to learn in that moment mm -hmm. and we can shift that energy. And then that client takes home those affirmations and they read them for as long as I need to read them mm -hmm. for, yeah. So it's a, it sounds a little bit hypnotic, a little bit of hip, almost hypnotherapy. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, but the client is, I ask the client questions and they're responding to me, yeah. but they're in like a meditated state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. How did you learn about that? Well, that was one of the, the modalities that I learned when I first wanted to get into more understanding myself. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, and that I had a lot of shifts around certain emotions. Yeah, so I wanted to learn that for myself and to take that into my business and then that led me to Reiki. Is that something that you'd had, like obviously you experienced somebody offering you Reiki and then... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was offered NLP um, as a course for my friend Georgie Thomas. She um, done a six-week course and I done the six-week course with her and I just found a, a huge shift in the emotions that I needed to work on mm-hmm. and I was like wow I need I need to learn this yeah and then I'd done that and then yeah then Reiki just came to me and I um so I use I use a lot of modalities in my healings it's not you come to me and I I do Reiki I use all the tools I call it my tool belt yep. so I access my tool belt with all the modalities that I know um to help empower and you client. just sort of intuitively assess like okay this is where this needs to go. Yes. Oh, yeah. And my focus has always been with my clients that to empower the client. Um, so my slogan for my business is holding the hands of women in healing. It's not me doing the work. It's yeah. the, per- the client doing the work. I'm just there holding their hand. You know, a great example of that, something that uh, I can't remember who it was that I wish I could remember because it, it really changed my thinking of stuff about healing and even like in medical healing where the idea is that even, for example, you break your your arm and you go to the doctor, all the doctor does is set the bone in the position it needs to be. It's your body who that heals itself. You know, it might take a little while, but it's not medicine mm-hmm. in that instance, at least, that is healing you. It's your body is repairing what has been damaged, and we have the capacity to do that across most aspects of our life. You know, given the right conditions and the right setting and guidance and things are in place, we naturally want to be healed. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's why I love what I do because I empower my clients with the with the tool belt as well and I teach them all the modalities that I know for what they need at that time because I don't want them to rely on me. I want them to be able to, like I said, they've got everything that they need inside to heal. Mm. It's just they need that little bit of guidance sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one of the exciting things for me about the Wednesday evening. It seems to be sort of generating other empowered people who are like yourself saying, or being asked to or or, or stepping into, yeah, okay, I'll I'll also facilitate this because I enjoyed participating so much. And I really have this hope that, over time, it's going to kind of continue to evolve in that way where there'll be a group of people who continue to come and enjoy the experience of being there, but then want to you know, share their own skills and their own passion in a similar, if not the same format. And just watching all that evolve and watching how people can grow from maybe being shy first coming up, going, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. Is this even the right place for me? Um, to yes, this is, I feel really at home here too. Actually, I'd like to offer some leadership in this space if that's, if that's possible, which of course it is. Yeah, if not in that space, we've got a lot of space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of space. Yes. Um, so yeah, that's one of the most exciting things for me about watching people's personal evolutions at Riverdale, which obviously helps Riverdale evolve over time as well. Yeah, we actually have um, a couple of girls, younger girls in the group come up to us the other day and asked, how do I facilitate something like this? Ah, so cool. Um, Perfect example. Yes. Yeah. And um, I'm trying to, well, she wants to, uh, she's a singer. 
Yeah. And I asked her to do a sound healing with me and I'll play the sound bowls while she sings. I do. So yeah. I'm going to get her out to do that. Yeah. She's very excited. But yeah, it's there's space for everyone. Yeah, and exactly. It's that's that's one of the cool things. Uh, one of my favorite things prior to working at Riverdale, I was working in sales, you know, corporate sales. And there's a clear objective, you know, claim market share. If you can grow the market, well, I guess that's a, a bonus. But the idea was get the biggest piece of the pie that you can possibly get for the company and we'll give you a share of that for your efforts. But one of my favourite things about working at Riverdale is whenever we are employing a new marketing person is to say to them, look, we're not necessarily interested in getting a bigger market share. We don't want more of the pie. We just wish there was a bigger pie. You know, it's like we want everyone to succeed and, and to try and collaborate with as many people as we can to try and literally build the whole market space because to call it a market space is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But it's such a, a different shift in, in thinking from that financial oriented cash cash oriented um economy to a, a hard economy or whatever yeah, you want to call it. yeah exactly to like <laughs> let's just try and grow this um yeah one thing leads to another and before you know it, it's it's something spectacular yeah mm. well not everybody's gonna vibe with everybody do you know what i mean so yeah. having multiple people showing up with what they can create yeah you know it just brings more people in mm. yeah bring it on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. So I also know, I mean, like as if you haven't got enough uh, feathers in your cap, um, but I also know that yourself and Krista Lee, who if anyone's heard previous episodes may have may have heard the um, conversation I had with Krista Lee, you've been looking to start and um, and get running a Mama and Bubba. Yeah, Mama and Co. Wellness. Mama and Co. Thing. I knew I'd get yes, it wrong. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, we moved away from the mums and bubs yep. name only because that one's been done. Yes, and yeah. and it's for all women. Great, it's not just for if you have a baby. Yeah, it's for all women. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about this space. It's so needed for yeah. women and for um, children to be exposed to that mindfulness and mm-hmm. movement, which is our focus. Yeah, so it goes for an hour and a half, so 10 a.m. to 11.30. And we do some movement, whether it's like PT session or yoga, and then we move into mindfulness. It might be some breath work or Mm -hmm. journaling or anything to do with mindfulness. And then we uh, have a fruit platter and just connect and hang out with the kids and have some play with the kids. So, yeah, it's a really good space for women to come and at one point we also will include ice baths. Got to. It's near the yes. Yeah, in the morning, near. get some energy in for <laughs> yeah, the mums. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, even even I could I could say if you're interested in it's not quite as intense as an ice bath, but the Riverdale pool is oh <laughs> is ready to swim again. I was in there on Friday. And it's not an ice bath, but it's pretty yes. dang close. <laughs> ah, so we could even do that one time with Mama and Kate. Yeah, perfect. Just come down and have a swim. For sure. Just yeah. let me know when all those kids are going to be in there. Okay. I'll, I'll add some chlorine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> After they've been in, not okay. before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's all, all good. Yeah, but no, absolutely. In fact, that's something I was, I've been – I mean, I like to connect with people and I like to have fun. That's, that's pretty much one of my guiding – lights is like is this fun then it's probably pretty good you know as long as it's not being self-destructive in that pursuit uh, or, or of course hurting anyone else but i've been speaking to crystal lee about the possibility of having maybe like a monthly 
I call it an after party because that's the world I grew up in. <laughs> but like a, having a monthly continuation of the community sessions on Wednesday so we could finish up with, with the ice baths and the connection and then go down to the pool and cook a barbecue and put some beets on and yeah. sw- have a swim once the weather's fine and warm just to hang out with that people until people get bored and yeah. go home at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock or whatever yep. it happens to be. But even if it was just once a month, just as a kind of yeah, everyone can everyone come together. together. Everyone's ready in their bathers. They've been in a bath. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so they might be warmer in the pool. <laughs> I guarantee they will be warmer in the pool. Yeah. In, in fact, that might be the only sequence that you could do which will make the Riverdale pool yeah. feel warm is, yeah, hop yeah. in an ice bath first because it was chilly. Yeah. <laughs> I, that would be amazing because I feel like uh, at Wednesday nights, Everybody doesn't want to leave. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's like they all just stick around and they want to chat and they want to get to know each other uh, because we don't really do that much these days. Well, I can't talk for everybody, but, you know, Mm. we're so busy in our lives that just having that community and checking in with each other is very limited. So I think that would be great. Well, that one thing that I know for myself is the it seems to be the older I get at least the less likely to invest that time I am in new people um, yeah. because you know I have I have friend groups I've got a number of friend groups I've got family groups uh, and I've got colleagues which are also my friends which is lucky but <laughs> you know I already have pretty set set groups of people that I'm already deeply connected to and oftentimes if I meet someone in passing at a you know, it's a friend of a friend at a party or something. They might be epic. I'm never speaking to them again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's more often than not the case is mm-hmm. because they're busy and I'm busy and yeah. it was real nice to meet you and we've had a great day. See you around. Yes. Um, and I think for particularly as people get, get older, you know, I'm not that old, but as people become more set in their ways and set in their routines, setting aside an afternoon or an evening a month to just hang with a new group of people who you'd like to get to know because they seem pretty cool um, could be a a really valuable addition just to to kind of continue building that that connection and and community. Yes, and having like that intention. Yeah, for sure. It's just just a hang. Just a hang and, yeah, Mm. I think that's a really great idea. Yeah, I'll be down for that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Most things I I don't like to admit are like, what would I like to do? Yeah. I'd really like to do that. and, and I know my, my wife would bring my kids over and we, we'd all get involved and, and meet some new people. And um, I'm sure the first two to five times my kids would complain. <laughs> oh, yeah. But by the sixth time, I reckon they would be having a great time yes. and then it would be winter and we'd have to stop. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's we'll the, all be sad. That's the typical yeah. pattern. But, but it could be replaced with something else yes. as well. It yeah. uh, doesn't necessarily have to stop. But, we could um, play cricket down on the dell. So many ideas. Oh. Yeah, just fun. Yeah. It's allowed to be fun. Yeah. So that's an idea. So I've got two in agreement okay. now. I'll keep pestering <laughs> Crystal Lee. I'm, I'm sure it won't take much convincing. <laughs> One thing that I'm conscious of is making sure I don't overcommit because yes. I've got lots of commitments uh, in my life and adding too many more, just then it becomes a burden yep. and then it's not fun. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, once a month seems pretty manageable. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Try and work out a sequence. Um, I'm trying to think of what else you might like to share. Oh, I don't know. I've talked a lot, haven't I? I think I've talked more. Actually. <laughs> really? I'm not very good at interviews. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm better at monologues. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's, it's been good. Yeah. I think we've covered everything. 
for now. Yeah. So typically, like, as I start at the beginning of the conversation, I mentioned that the my format that I had in mind was to do multiple interviews with people over an extended period of time, but that this one was really about kind of introducing you, um, getting to know you a little bit of why you're here and what's motivating you, what you're working on, etc. And then the next phase was potentially to bring people in to have more specific conversations on um, like modalities that they're passionate about. Perhaps even you could like, this is just an idea, not to put you on the spot, but everyone is listening. You could come in and offer a meditation and we could load that up onto the podcast and instead of my voice, yeah, you could have your voice. Um, so yeah, just those sorts of ideas for the future. But maybe for now, we've kind of introduced you. Yeah, It's been nice for me to get to know you a little bit better and it's wonderful to see you around Riverdale. As you know, we're really keen to, to support you in, in what you're trying to bring, particularly the, the community aspect of it. You know, one of the things that was that really woke me up to what you and the rest of your crew have been putting on was the willingness to do it just to do it. You know, the, the, there hasn't been some financial intention. There hasn't been anything other than like we want to offer this. And to me, that's like just added so much potency to it. Yeah. So I just want to thank you for, for bringing that. You're welcome. Um, and, yeah, look forward to seeing where it all evolves to. And, um, yeah, we'll speak to you soon. Yes, thank you. Cool. Thank you so much, Will. You're welcome. See you later. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.